Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we'll explore the healing properties of chrysoprase, a crystal for compassion and self-reliance. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime over at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Nikki, and Nikki says, I'm finding myself reluctant to put my crystals to use because I'm stuck on how to properly program or set intentions with them. I feel like this is because I'm just starting to learn what each crystal amplifies and what it's good for, and it's hard to come up with intentions or words when I don't know much about the crystals or their properties yet. I still have a lot to learn. Nikki, thank you so much for sharing this, and I think that this is something that a lot of people can relate to, right? Because when you're just learning about all the different properties, you might not really have a clear picture on what your crystals can do for you, and if you feel a little bit lost about how to work with them or what they're good for, then you'll definitely also potentially struggle with setting an intention or programming them. So first and foremost, I want to say that you do not have to program a crystal to work with it. And I've talked about this on the show before, but my way of working with crystals um, is a little bit different. I think programming is like sort of a more old school way of doing things. It's about putting a very specific set of instructions or direction with the crystal and intending that it focus on only that particular thing. And I think intention setting is a little bit more free-flowing and gives you a little bit more space and grace to just work with the natural energy of the stone while still having sort of a specific focus for your work with the crystal. Um, And I think that this can be really helpful because it allows us that point of focus to sort of direct our energy to a particular area of our life or a situation we have going on, Um, but it's not as sort of rigid and restrictive as a program would be. So one thing that I find really helpful when doing this practice is to think of your intentions as like affirmation statements, right? Framing something in a way that helps you focus your attention and energy on one area of your life or one situation so that instead of just being a little bit scattered or all over the place, you have something specific that you're sort of like intending to work on. So thinking of these like affirmations is great because it's really about the ways in which the crystal's energy can help support you. That said, if you find that you're struggling with this because you don't know the crystal's properties, don't hesitate to look up a few keywords in your favorite crystal book 
or do a quick search online. Like those are tools that are there to help you. You don't have to have everything memorized, right? But also make sure that you're allowing yourself a little space to trust your intuition, your inner guidance about how that crystal may be supportive of you. So a quick exercise that you can do is to get yourself centered and grounded Hold your crystal in your hands, making sure that it's cleansed. And when you feel ready to sort of close your eyes and tune into the energy of that crystal, maybe you feel it in your hands or if you want to hold it over your heart uh, or over your brow or over your belly, wherever you sort of feel uh, most connected to other energies and just see what comes through. Maybe it's a specific color, and then you could look up that color and what its meanings and keywords are. Maybe it's a symbol that you sort of see in your mind's eye that you could think about what the meaning of that might be. Maybe you get information more in a clear audience style and you hear a specific word or you see a word in your mind's eye spelled out with letters. Or maybe you just notice how you feel emotionally or which part of your physical body draws your attention while you're holding that crystal. These are all clues as to how that crystal may be supportive for you. So don't discount those intuitive insights as well. And then think about how that may relate to a specific area of your life or something that's going on for you right now and come up with an affirmation statement that helps you connect with the energy of that crystal in a supportive way. And if you find that you're still having some trouble with this, I would say maybe start with a crystal for intuition or for clarity uh, and work with that crystal with the intention to help you find the best way forward with your crystal practice and your specific method of connecting with crystal energy and intention. Nikki also asks, should you know when your crystals are properly programmed or cleansed? I mean, I don't know how to program really, so all the intentions I set are coming from descriptions of what they help with. I don't know. I feel like I'm not doing it right. And for cleansing, I have them all on some selenite, but how do I know if they've been properly programmed or cleansed? This is another great question. So this really truly does come with practice, Nikki. So for right now, just trust the process. As you continue to work with your stones, you'll start to notice when they feel a little bit different or when you feel a little bit different when you're working with them. And that may indicate that it's time for a good cleansing. Maybe they just feel a little bit off or you're having trouble um, sort of tuning in. That can be an indication that it's time for an energy cleanse. And as for the programming or intention setting, it really has to do with two different things. The first is with our ability to connect with the crystal for that purpose. So say you were working with a crystal for uh, helping you create more compassion in your life, helping instill more compassion within you. When you work with that crystal, does it remind you to do that? Are you finding times throughout the day to make space for more compassion and empathy Um, Do you feel your heart center opening? You know, really tune in and see, is this working for me for this purpose? And sometimes we have to remember things work in really subtle ways. This isn't necessarily overnight. And just as much as that crystal has the ability to receive and store and transmit that intention or energy, we have to kind of do the work too, right? So what are you doing to embody that energy in your life? 
Um, And are you remembering to work with that crystal to help support you in that work? That's really the bigger question. And this is going to take time to figure out. So how do you know if you've really, you know, set the proper intention? How do you know if your crystal's really programmed? Well, is it working for you? Is it helping you with what you intended? Um, And again, this is a two-part process. It's about setting that intention and working with the crystal's energy, but showing up and holding space for that in our lives as well. So you may not know right away, it does take some time, and when in doubt, just go back to that intention. It's really helpful if you've written it down and you can connect with that crystal and that intention time and time again. And actually, the more that we do this, the stronger that energy gets. A lot of people think of programming as sort of a one and done thing. And that's really why I like the idea of intention setting, because it's a regular practice that we continue to do throughout our work with our crystals. Nikki also says, also, as a side note, I'm hesitant to do any of the more witchy type rituals. I'm interested in the spiritual aspects of them, but I'm a little bit afraid of spell work. Is there a resource for determining which is witchy and which is not? And is creating moon water considered witchy? Um, so, you know, Nikki, I think there's a lot of negative connotation um, surrounding the words witch and witchcraft. And I understand because of a lot of the uh, social thoughts around what it means to be a witch or to practice witchcraft, um, that there is sort of a negative connotation even still with those words. And although those words are sort of being reclaimed by a lot of people within the magical community, there is still sort of a stigma that's attached to them. I would really highly recommend that you read the book Waking the Witch by Pam Grossman. It is such an amazing look at the historical evolution of what that word witch really means, how it's been shaped and informed by cultural ideas and social movements, and it might give you a lot of clarity on maybe why you're feeling this way. And I think that's the bigger question is, is, you know, what is it about those words that has you feeling uncomfortable? Uh, I also want to clarify that, you know, witch and witchcraft don't have anything to do with specific religions, although some people who may identify as a witch or practice witchcraft may also belong to a specific religious group. Truly, anyone can be a witch. Anyone of any religion or no religion at all can practice witchcraft. And so again, check out that book by Pam Grossman. It's called Waking the Witch. I've also actually interviewed Pam on this podcast uh, when the book was released. So that was quite a few years ago now, but you can go back and check out that episode as well. You can head over to loveandlightschool.com slash blog and do a little search for Pam Grossman and you'll find that interview and a link to the podcast episode. But I also just want to say if there's something that does make you uncomfortable explore that a little bit. Ask yourself where that comes from, why you feel that way. And if it is something that you just feel like isn't for you right now, that's also okay. Give yourself permission to not do the things that you're not so sure about. But at the same time, do encourage yourself to learn more about them. Because I think often 
we're just a little afraid of things that we don't understand. And the more that you learn about something, the more knowledge you have, uh, the better you understand it and the less you'll be afraid of it. I can tell you personally, there are a lot of spiritual magical practices that I do practice like creating moon water which a lot of people who would identify as witches would do and there are a lot of like ceremonial and ritual type works that I also do that would very much fall under that umbrella of witchcraft and the reason you know I'm telling you to explore this a bit Nikki is um, there was definitely a time in my life a long long time ago now but where I felt a little uncomfortable with those terms because I didn't exactly know what they meant. I didn't exactly know what types of practices were included under that umbrella, what types of belief systems. And really, I think it's a lot more expansive than you may think. So definitely give that a little bit of an open mind and check it out in a way that feels comfortable and safe. Again, definitely starting with Pam's book, Waking the Witch, or at least check out that interview with Pam. It was really, really informative. And Nikki also says something that I've been wanting to learn more about when it comes to crystals, but I haven't had time to dive into yet is meditation and energy healing, manifestation and all things moon related. Uh, I've seen some articles and videos where someone's lying down and they put crystals on the body and I've mainly wanted crystals to help with these things, but I can hardly identify the ones I have, let alone putting them to use trying to learn. I'm just intimidated, I guess. I can totally understand, Nikki. There's so much out there and it can be really hard to get started. So let me give you a few resources to put you on the right path. First and foremost, I have a great completely free video series. It's available on my website. Just head over to loveandlightschool.com. Up in the top banner of the website, there is a place to sign up for my how to run a crystal healing session like a pro video series. So this is a three-part mini class that walks you through step-by-step how to do a crystal healing session from start to finish. Now, there are a lot of different ways that we can put crystals on and around the body for a lot of different purposes. So this isn't dealing so much with specific layout recipes or things like that, but just walking you through the process so you have a better understanding for what crystal healing is and how it's done. You can also check out my Crystal Healing for Beginners book, which is available anywhere books are sold. You can also get signed copies through my crystal shop over at mimosaspirit.com. We cover a lot of introductory skills and techniques in that book that any crystal worker should know. And if you want some more in-depth guidance and mentorship and instruction from me, I would love to invite you to join me for my crystal healing certification program. We go through every single thing you would want to know as a crystal healer from the foundation of understanding how and why crystals work all the way up through some really advanced crystal techniques. Or if you're not ready for a full certification program and training yet, I also have some really great standalone courses that are short courses, just 
you know, between 30 minutes to a couple hours in length, depending on the class. And you can find those over on my website at loveandlightschool.com. Just click on the shop button in the site navigation, and you can check out our full course catalog of classes and products. And Nikki's last comment is, I would really love any resources about all this, especially when it comes to meditations for crystals. Well, Nikki, you are in luck because I have tons of free guided meditations on the Insight Timer app. So the Insight Timer app is free to download. There are some paid things on the app, but there are loads and loads of free meditations, mini courses, everything that you can do completely for free. And if you just download the Insight Timer app and search for me, Ashley Levy, you'll find the free guided meditations that I have there, or you can head over to the website at loveandlightschool.com, hover over learn, and then click on free meditations. And that link will take you right to my profile page on Insight Timer, where you can see all of the meditations that I have available. So there are free meditations for each of the seven days of the week. There's a great one for the full moon, um, which helps with boosting intuition, which I think you would love right now. There is a crystal journey meditation to meet your shadow realm goddess, a crystal meditation for calm, one for joy, one for confidence. So please be sure to head over to the Insight Timer app and check those out. And if you do listen on the app, please, please, please leave me a rating and review uh, because I share all of those meditations for free on the app and those ratings and reviews go a really long way, just like they do here on the podcast. So Nikki, thank you again for all your great questions. And if you're listening right now and you have some questions you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. Discover how you can deepen your spiritual journey and follow your soul calling with crystals. The Love and Light School's award-winning crystal healing certification program opens soon. Go to crystalhealerschool.com. Well, now it is time to dive into our main topic for today, the healing properties of chrysoprase, a crystal for compassion and self-reliance. Chrysoprase is a variety of green chalcedony, and green chalcedony, of course, is a variety of crystocryptaline quartz. So if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that I always like to start these healing properties episodes with an affirmation to use along with your crystal. And here's the affirmation for chrysoprase. I allow compassion to fill my heart and motivate me to acts of self-love and self-reliance. Chrysoprase is an amazing stone for encouraging hopeful attitudes. So if you've been feeling a little bit negative, pessimistic, sometimes we have good reason to, but if you want to encourage a little bit more hope and positive thinking, this is a great crystal to work with. It also promotes truthfulness in conversation, in action, and it fuels creativity in our artistic endeavors. Chrysoprase can also encourage you to become more outgoing and take on some new adventures, things that are good for you and help you get outside of your box. 
It instills a sense of virtue and right and wrong in your day-to-day life and helps you dispel judgmental attitudes that you may hold about yourself and others. It helps aid in forgiveness, increases compassion and empathy, and helps you communicate in a positive and encouraging manner, especially if you need to speak up and give some helpful, constructive criticism. Chrysoprase creates an energy in your environment that can help encourage restful sleep and relaxation, and it enhances the way that you feel love and compassion for others. Because of this, it's a great stone for facilitating spiritual growth, and this stone helps keep you motivated to maintain healthy habits. Especially if you tend toward behaviors of codependency, it can encourage some self-reliance, and it's been known to help manifest prosperity and abundance. Chrysoprase also assists in removing energetic emotional baggage that you might be holding in your aura or in your energy field. It's typically translucent to opaque mint green, and it can range in color all the way to sort of a mossy green. Some pieces of chrysoprase might also contain a bit of the tan or brown matrix that is commonly found alongside it. This is normally seen in tumbled stones or sometimes in cabochons where it's the, the chrysoprase is polished in a way that some of the matrix is left intact in that cabochon to give the stone a little bit more decorative appeal, a little bit more variety. Chrysoprase connects with the zodiac signs of Capricorn, Virgo, Taurus, and Scorpio, and is aligned with the element of earth. A great companion flower for chrysoprase is the May apple, and an excellent companion essential oil is eucalyptus. If you're looking for a good companion stone for chrysoprase, reach for some pink smithsonite. These two pair really well together, but I've also found kunzite to be a great energetic companion. Chrysoprase is commonly found in Australia, Kazakhstan, and Poland, and it's energetically aligned with the planetary energies of the days Friday and Sunday. Chrysoprase carries the vibrational energy of love and nurturing and support from Mother Earth, from Gaia, and it's intrinsically linked to the care of the Earth's flora and fauna. So if you are working with plants or animals, definitely reach for some chrysoprase to have around as a companion. And because of this crystal's ability to inspire hope to sort of grow within you, it's a good crystal to have on hand uh, for any projects that you're creating or starting out or nurturing in your life. The very best time to work with this stone, other than Fridays or Sundays, is during the time of the April growing moons. This is the full moon in April. And to connect with the energy of this moon, start by thinking about a project that you've wanted to begin but you haven't been able to start yet. Take just three to five minutes to brainstorm a few ways in which you can make some progress and gain a little bit of momentum toward completing this project. Then spend another three to five minutes writing down your ideas on some paper. So make a list of supplies that you'll need or actions you need to take. Draw some sketches or doodles to illustrate your ideas and leave some space to express your hopes and desired outcomes for the project. Once you're done, fold these paper pages in half with all your ideas and magic on the inside, and on the outside, the part that's facing up, draw a beautiful tree. You can use colored pencils or markers or crayons to really 
bring this drawing of the tree to life and then place a chrysoprase stone on top of the paper over the drawing of the tree and hold some space and set intentions for your project to grow and take root. But if you don't want to wait all the way until April to do this practice, you can do it anytime because chrysoprase has an amazing energy for helping your dreams and ideas grow. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning Crystal Healing Certification Program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Go to crystalhealerschool.com to learn more. Well, that is it for our main topic for today, and now it's time for our trending this week segment. As you know, each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm loving that I want to share. This week, I want to share about a brand new book that was just released on June 8th. It's by Jenna Tellendrew, and it's called The Ninefold Way of Avalon, Walking the Path of the Priestess. This is the long-awaited third installment in Jenna's series all about the magic of Avalon. So Jenna's first book was called Avalon Within. The second book was The 13 Mythic Moons of Avalon. And now we have The Ninefold Way of Avalon. And the description of this book says, learn how to apply the nine energies of this path of the Avalonian priestess in service to the goddess, the community, and the self in pursuit of inner wholeness and connection to Avalon within. So in this book, Jenna really dives deep into the history and lore of Avalon, including a look at Arthurian legend and Welsh mythology, myths from Brittany and Ireland, and then takes all those lessons and all the things that we can learn from those stories and applies them to what Jenna describes as nine modern priestess pathways. So there's the lore keeper, law speaker, emissary, artisan, hearth tender, guardian, seer, healer, and ritualist. So it's all different ways that we can step into our power, connect with the world around us. And Jenna has done such an amazing job of providing so much information about each of these paths. And one of the most exciting things is about the connection to crystals and crystal correspondences that each path has. This is one of the coolest books that has come out in a while. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this one for a while. I've had it on pre-order for ages and ages, and it just finally came out again on June 8th. So it is available everywhere books are sold, and you can get even more information about the author and all of Jenna's available publications at inishafalon.com. That's Y-N-Y-S-A-F-A. L-L-O-N.com. And again, the name of this book is The Ninefold Way of Avalon, Walking the Path of the Priestess. I hope you'll check it out. I haven't read it all the way through yet, but I am excited to finish up probably this week. So with that, we are at the end of our show. I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode. And if you want more information about anything I discussed today, you can learn more over on the website 
at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give is to leave that five-star rating and a written review, even if it's a short one, over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. That link will take you over to Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rating and a review. I am so incredibly grateful for all of the positive reviews, and if you do leave one, I will give you a lovely shout out here in the show. If you're a regular listener, the best way you can give back is to take a minute to leave ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast platform, but especially over on Apple Podcasts at that link. You can also visit loveandlightschool.com slash listen to check out all of our most recent episodes, most popular episodes, and all of the platforms you can find this show online to stream and to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this week's show of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you next time. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at Love and Light School. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results, and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.